Welcome to the Ether. Today is Monday, June 12, 2023. Today on the Ether, Optimism goes interchain with Axelar, a live ecosystem AMA. Let's take a listen. All right, guys, let's get started. Um, hope everyone had a great weekend and thanks for joining us. Um, my name is Jason. I'm on the BD team here at Axelar leading DeFi. Um, so, as you know, we are now live on Optimism. Optimism is the 43rd network connected on the Axler network. And we're really excited to uh, share the implications of this with the Optimism team and with you guys. With that said, I'll pass it to you, Smith, to introduce yourself. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Uh, my name's Smith. I lead DeFi at OP Labs. Um, super excited about just the interoperability and interchange space in general. Uh, but yeah, definitely excited to talk through some of the cool things that you guys are thinking through and uh, yeah, just future roadmaps and synergies. Sounds great. So why don't we start with giving an overview of Axler, um, as well as maybe, you know, what are some of the implications of the bedrock upgrade that we went through and, and then we'll go from there. So, you know, Axler is a decentralized full stack interoperability solution. Axler is built like a proof of stake blockchain using the Cosmos SDK. As I mentioned earlier, we're connected to 43 chains. And what makes Axler unique compared to other cross-chain solutions is that Axler is fully decentralized and permissionless. Um, Axler is governed by 75, currently 75 validators that ranges from community members, professional validators to uh, VC firms. And it's fully permissionless to become a validator on the Axler network. And the reason why we built Axler like this is that we believe proof of stake uh, technology and security has been battle tested. The security assumptions are well documented. And that's why we built Axler in this way. You know, what's also very cool about Axler is that we have the full stack. So we have the network layer where we run the full infrastructure, including real layers, but we also have a layer of building blocks like APIs and SDKs as that helps uh, app developers build more of these natively interchain applications. Um, so, you know, for Axler, we went live in Jan of last year. We now have processed over 2 billion of volume, and we have hundreds of applications being built on top of Axler. And many of them are very, have been very interested to expand to optimism. So, you know, we've been waiting for the bedrock upgrade for quite some time and super excited to learn more about what this means. So with that said, I'll pass it to you, Shmeet. Yeah, no, we're, we're super excited about the bedrock upgrade. Uh, that was the... First protocol upgrade that um, we kind of did every official process process for. And what I mean by that is we went through governance. So um, we've been building through our governance over the past year. And this is formally approved through that. And then uh, on the other side, I'm, I'm very excited that it's sort of 
been the one upgrade that we've been looking for to really take off and lay the foundation. So um, it's kind of like the beginning of everything for us, um, hence the name Bedrock as well. It sort of like begins the entire modular roll-up uh, paradigm for us as well. And as you guys have probably seen, we're going deeper and deeper into that world of reusing the tech, building the best technology that's modular, flexible, reusable, and future-proof. And uh, Bedrock is really the foundation for that. And because of that, we've unlocked so many other parts of our roadmap, like fault proofs, like onboarding new LP stack partners and whatnot. Um, this is really like the one main upgrade that we were looking for. And we're sort of going to just go on a much larger roadmap that'll come out in the coming weeks. Um, yeah, we're definitely excited to share that. Awesome. So can you tell me a little bit more about like how that what Bedrock offers other applications that's currently built on other chains? So if I'm a interchain application that's currently on a bunch of other chains, how, why should I come expand to, to optimism? And what does Bedrock mean for me? Yeah, absolutely. So Bedrock is uh, an upgrade that makes our stack much cheaper. So um, I'm not sure if like, I don't have like the numbers off the top of my head, but from somewhere from the magnitude of like 47 to 50% cheaper in transaction fees. So that's definitely a huge unlock for our developers. And we want to make sure that we give that to any developer that wants to gain distribution of other networks as well. Which brings me to my second point. If you're an interchain developer, you're definitely looking for more distribution across networks. And with us making our fees cheaper and whatnot, we can definitely accelerate the development of our user base rather than like subsidies of tech that's like just very costly so developers should get access to larger ecosystems and user bases through bedrock as well uh, i also alluded to, to this earlier bedrock is really like the upgrade that lays the foundation for our interoperability vision as well um, so it's kind of like difficult for us to even think about interoperability and interchain until Bedrock is here. So we're, we've basically like been waiting for that specific upgrade to, um, to essentially unlock this entire interoperability space. And uh, it's very much research oriented. We definitely need to figure out what the users want and what the users need. That entire space of interchain development is very new. Um, so we're very excited to see and talk to any developers that are excited to build interchain uh, and understand um, what are the biggest things that they're looking for and what makes a dev want to be cross-chain, interchain um, versus just being on one monolithic ecosystem. Um, in general, I believe we've been thinking about things just very chain specific, uh, but when you remove core parts of infrastructure from the realm of like tech debt, devs start tinkering with the apps more and start tinkering with the tech more. And I'm excited about what comes out of that uh, since we'll probably see newer use cases and unlock different reasons for why somebody would want something that's um, based on interoperability versus a singular ecosystem. Yeah, for sure. And that really you know, resonates with what we're seeing as well. Even a year ago, when we're speaking to a lot of builders, most of them were saying, you know, this is a chain where I'm going to build on, and then maybe down the line, we'll expand to this other chain. Versus now, fast forward a year, given that there's more and more blockchains layer ones layer twos what we're hearing is we're going to launch on like you know maybe two or three chains right from the get-go and then within the next few months we're going to go to three four other chains so people are really starting to think interchain 
right from the beginning, which is why, you know, at Axelor, we're seeing huge demands for our message passing solution. And I think with optimism, what really gets us excited is the, the OP stack and more of these super chains, right? Like we already have base currently on testnet. We'll be launching on base in day one, but we know there's also lots of other super chains coming up. Love to, you know, pick your brain on how you think about interoperability between the super chain and beyond with other blockchain ecosystems. Yeah, that, that's a great question. And I think in general, uh, we think of it as um, many chains, one platform, I believe is the quote that we like to use. Um, we we think of the super chain as a collection of chains, obviously, that are like um, scaling networks horizontally. Um, and we understand that like at a certain point, once a monolithic ecosystem grows too large, it's very difficult for them to scale uh, just because of like infrastructure. And that's sort of about how infrastructure works today. Um, so at a certain point, you need more compute. And uh, if you have like a large ecosystem like Base and Optimism Mainnet and a couple of the other L2s, they can't all operate on one particular platform. So we wanted to pave the path for a collection of chains on one platform. And it really starts with having the correct security model. So. If you have different security models and different communication systems going across multiple chains, it becomes very difficult to um, scale that because there's always different attack vectors and security risks that maybe you as an ecosystem developer are not in control of. So we really like to go down that path of build the best technology, build the best security model. And rather than using several different security models over and over again, we really want to converge on the best one over time. Uh, and that's sort of like the, the basis for the super chain. So we see that as like the kind of like the future state. And what that practically looks like is interop interoperability becomes a lot easier to do between networks like base optimism once you do share that security model. So you can do like those things that I guess what cross-chain devs are looking for, which could be I don't know, something along the lines of, I don't know, cross-chain swap or build dApps from interchain principles right when they start and just gain access to distribution right away rather than let's go to one ecosystem every time. We have to deploy the app um, kind of like everywhere. All of them interact with different distributions and different user bases. And they have to do things um, basically at first principles and ground up every single time they deploy. We'd rather like not have that long term because uh, it's just not scalable, and we need to move the space forward. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because one of the consistent feedbacks we hear from our cross-chain developers is that they're spending a lot of time on deploying contracts across a bunch of different chains and then maintaining it. Some of them have quoted maybe like this is up to 70% of their time and they just want to be able to focus on writing like core logic, right? So one of the unique things about Axler is that because Axler is a blockchain itself, we're able to have the smart contract layer where we're calling it the Axler virtual machine so that with the actual virtual machine, you can actually build ones on Axler VM and then be able to uh, deploy contracts on all of the chains supported by Axler at once and also be maintained there. So we really think this is critical as we see more and more of these chains.
What do you, what do you think of that? I think it's exactly that. And um, I'm not sure how many people here are like content creation maxis or whatnot, but it's similar to like the content creation world, right? Where like today you can essentially deploy or like distribute your videos or content on many platforms, whether it's YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, and you kind of have to go through this entire process of cutting the clips or cutting the content for the specific needs of that platform every single time. And that takes up so much time out of the creator when they should really be focusing on what the best content is or like what are, what are the next ideas that they should be thinking of. And that's similar to developers in this space where they shouldn't be thinking about um, all the little nuances of the technology and whether or not it'll work if they have to create some sort of like specific mechanisms for this chain because i don't know oracle oracles are work differently here or the block times work differently here i think that makes it very difficult to scale the space to the millions of billions of users that we want to get them to so we'd really want them to focus on what is the best product that they can create so that we get these devs focusing more on product market fit rather than what each ecosystem has to offer and how do we build on it so yeah i totally agree there yeah i couldn't agree more i also just want to you know go circle back to something that you mentioned right which is that when you have the same kind of stack it's much easier to to have interoperability and i think this isn't a new concept right when we look at Polkadot or cosmos that was kind of the initial vision right? with cosmos of course you have ibc with Polkadot, you have XCM, and now even with Avalanche, the subnets, they're, they're working on their own uh, warp messaging. So when it comes to the Optimism ecosystem, how are you guys thinking about it? Are you thinking of you know building an inter interoperability messaging system internally within the OP stacks, and then perhaps leveraging a solution like Axler for the heterogeneous blockchains, or just something completely different? It's a great question. And uh, to be honest, I don't have the best answer for you because this is all very early for sure. We're looking to understand what the user and the devs need, and that'll probably inform the direction that we go. And what I'll say just to add on to that is we understand that teams have been building interoperability in this space for a long time. And there's a lot to be gained off of um, just working closely with those teams. So, um, in like an ideal world, I would love the collaboration route rather than competition route that's just like the route that we've always chosen to go and i think it applies for this as well so hopefully like in the future when we actually get further in on the r d and try to understand exactly what the developers need what kind of interoperability is required is it low latency is it atomic uh, once we get to those answers it'll probably become a lot more clear the direction that we go with the chains within the super chain, the heterogeneous chains that you mentioned. Um, too difficult to say now, but I do want to mention also that Carl, our CEO, uh, has been envisioning the super chain for over a year now. It's been something that he's been thinking about for such a long time. And as we get further and further in with our specification, we will definitely release more information publicly about the direction that we're going and uh, what we think the ideal solution is in our minds. So um, yeah, not the best answer because we just don't have all the information yet, but we do think that the future is bright there. Yeah, yeah no worries. I mean, I guess from an Axler perspective, this is like a huge problem, right? And we this is definitely a, a space where I think we can collaborate on there rather than you know compete on. And given that Axler has been building for, for over two years, we really have a lot of learnings 
that we can really share with the optimism community. In fact, you know, Benji and I have been talking about this where Axler, the Axler team is really excited to actually contribute to the OP stack and really help perhaps build out an interoperability module. Um, so I guess stay tuned where there's be more to come uh, and hopefully we can build together here. Absolutely. And we're excited for that too. Uh, we want to know exactly what the top teams in the interoperability space are doing. And like I said, this is a very collaborative effort. Uh, we don't think we have all the answers by any means. We definitely think that uh, this space could use a lot more collaboration uh, and kind of getting those large minds to think together. So um, yeah, definitely excited to explore that space and see where it takes us. For sure. So I want to pivot a little bit. I know some of the audience have asked, um, what does it actually mean now that Axler is connected to optimism? So I think there's like two specific things, right? The number one is for users, you'll be able to use Axler's satellite to bridge assets onto optimism and also using squid router to have one click cross chain swaps to onboard into optimism from any of the other chains, any other asset. So these are things you can check out today and, uh, and hopefully this will make your cross chain journey a lot smoother. And the second thing is now if you're a developer that's either already building a cross chain project or looking to build a cross new cross chain project, you can easily deploy your existing contracts onto optimism and expand uh, to another chain, or if you're building a brand new project, you can actually, you know, build a hub and spoke model, put your home base down on optimism, and then leverage Axler's message passing to expand to other chains. So definitely check check these uh, this out, and we're super excited for what this means for the future. Yeah, and I'll just add, I think the after researching kind of like the developer space and understanding what devs need today, especially as macroeconomic conditions change, um, I think we definitely understand the need for more distribution, the need for more users testing out product market fit. And we definitely welcome that as as kind of attested with our future vision for not thinking about things in such chain specific way when it comes to building an application and really focusing on product market fit since users don't care about those specific considerations always and the developer should have specifically like the only thing they should be thinking about is the type of security model that they're okay with right so you're not going to deploy on five alt ones and three decentralized rollups or whatever if you care about ethereum security um so i think that's where it kind of starts um creating a very easy digestible sdk for developers to use easily add networks that they think is good for the user base of their dap and then continually testing the limits of uh product market fit and understanding like that feedback loop of understanding whether or not this product is fulfilling the needs of their users and so on and so forth. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. I mean, as a user, right, one of my biggest questions when I first entered the crypto space a few years ago is, do I really care about which blockchain this thing is built on? I think only as we become more crypto native that we ha have more and more of this focus on chains. But if we're really trying to get mainstream adoption, right, we need to create this chain agnostic experience. It's really about, like you said, 
the actual use case of the application product market fit <laughs> than where it's built. Um, but to your second point about security, I think, you know, as of today, the security models of different blockchains are well understood, right? And not surprisingly, many people have shifted to L2s because of the conviction in Ethereum security. However, as application developers start using like other infrastructure providers, like for example, like different cross-chain providers, they then have different security risk and profiles that they need to think about, but often don't realize um, the full implications of. So what I mean by that is, you know, when we integrated Filecoin's FVM onto the Axler network, they, they had went through a very detailed due diligence process in choosing cross-chain providers because for them, decentralization was paramount, right? That was the whole core value proposition of Filecoin. And for them, they knew that they if they used a centralized interoperability provider, that essentially undermined that their value proposition. So after doing this very detailed due diligence process, they thought Axler was the best fit. But I think there's really carries over for developers as well, right? You can build an application on optimism and you know you inherit Ethereum security. But the moment you start using like centralized bridges or other centralized infrastructure, you're really like undermining the overall security of your application. Uh, I agree. And I think that's where education is extremely important. Uh, it's important to help devs understand the type of security risk that they take when adding new networks. Um, also, even like the risks that are there with using interoperability solutions as well, right? Since adding more and more layers onto your DAP will inevitably change your security model. Um, and that's sort of how we've seen how good UX has taken form in today's world, where like, if you want good UX, there are things that you have to give up. So in the real world, or like in the non-blockchain ecosystem and Web2 ecosystem, um, you have centralization risk. And that's why you can have usernames and passwords or something. And then in Web3, if you want to really have decentralized principles, you need to figure out how to self-custody effectively, um, and so on and so forth. So yeah, I definitely urge developers to think through the types of risks that they take on by adding new network, using new um, solutions. And then on top of that, um, trying to understand, would this be the right thing for their user base? Since um, it's easy to lean towards, hey, let's just get extra distribution but it may not be the best solution for you in the interim. Um, but yeah, I think this this is an evolving space. Uh, we're learning a lot as time goes on. And um, I think we've learned quite a bit from a lot of the exploits and hacks in the past to create a better solution today. The future is looking very bright. Just looking at time, um, Galen, should we open up uh, the floor for some questions? Yeah, I think if anybody has a uh, a question, please raise your hand. Don't be shy. Uh, just uh, if you're on mobile, you need to be on mobile in order to speak on Twitter Spaces. Just um, should be able to just tap on the uh, raise your hand to speak, and uh, we can get you promoted up here to the stage for a question. I guess I mean we did such a good job explaining everything. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> um, yeah, which is which is great. Anyways, if, if people do have questions feel free to hop in to uh, i'm sure uh do you guys host a discord uh jason um i think we could have like a place where we can just all answer questions which would be a nice place to keep it in one place 
And then on top of that, we have quite a bit more content coming out about the super chain. And we definitely want to explore with this space with cross chain and Axelar's research and becoming contributor to the OP stack looks like. Uh, so I'm sure we'll have more information as time goes on. Smith, what's the best place for people who want to stay on top of what's happening with super chains? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so the optimism FND Twitter is the best place. We basically have all large updates, announcements, blog posts, and uh, information on the super chain and the future there. Um, our blog also has some content on the super chain and how we see it. And if you go to optimism.io, there is a super chain tab, which we'll be updating with way more information than there is currently today. So um, yeah, I think that's a good first step to exploring that world. Cool. Yeah, likewise, uh, Axelar Core on Twitter is um, is the place for uh, for all announcements and things that come out from Axelar. And of course, our Discord as well, discord.gg slash Axelar uh, is a very good place to go and get involved with the community of builders and um, validators and uh, the whole, the entire community that's supporting Axelar and interoperability across Web3. Cool. Well, again, great job, speakers. Not, not seeing Jason Smith. Great job today. It was, it was a great talk. Um, I think we'll wrap it up here. But thanks, everybody, for joining. And, of course, if there's anything you want to go back and check out, you can uh, go back and check out the recording on, um, on XLR Core on Twitter. Awesome. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Thanks for coming. Thanks so much, everyone. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Optimism Goes Interchain with XLR, recorded on Monday, June 12th, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. If you want to keep listening, head on over to terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support. Meow. Nice. I'm going to tell you something. When the world starts to get really bad and these mugs out here robbing, you're going to love digital currency. All these motherfuckers, they be running and gunning And I'm all like, I'm sitting back just having fun in the sun And then I'm like, one out of a hundred I'm just building up on it to some of everything We built in the last hundred upsets You're getting salty, feeling faulty You ain't no man, I keep Robo here Grinning it, it, throwing up anarchy Smoking toiletries, spitting philosophies Look at the dossier, we rack like geology This layers to this shit, like it's sedimentary All these little onion peels getting torn off and buried Imagine the smell, that shit is a vital experience Without knowing how you will not survive, period. Uh, he's a fucking trip, man. Jimmy, if you Jimmy, if you listen to this, right, you're getting absolutely fucking ripped to death, like on a spaceship alive, you little troglodyte bastard. I hope you fucking listen, I hope you come to my house soon. I swear to God, man, I've got fucking loads of weapons and my dogs, man. You just a little rat, man. Go on. Fuck off, man. Do one. Harmony. Me and Neil, the wonder you're looking for a fucking job. You fucking idiot. You've just been fucking up my best. Fuck off. Try to change the course of the portion philosophy. I'm just here for the corporation sponsored lobotomy. Feels like I won the lottery, like I'm ghosting this pottery. Chill, Demi. Boy, the shit's supposed to be haunting. If it wasn't, ain't no puzzle. You would try to train your muscle. Air dropping like a fatal hustle, but the pay is buzzing. Think of all the loss of crew just to pick up off the tricky custom. I figured all those sub downs would make up for something. I guess it just goes to show the fuck do I know? At least it's quiet over here. I like my little silo. It's better than watching them fight over how to divide my time between. 
and sitting at the desk and the ride home. Devs at Mickey D's, they leeching off that Wi-Fi. Zap dosing more, they shipping more than five guys. Console open, waiting for the kamikaze when the flash loans bang. They feeling like paparazzi, snapshot motherfuckers. We got layers, meteor, jawbreaker. We cracking a lot of craters. We wrapping a lot of pay dirt, maxing out relators. Imagine the smell, five dollar wrench to your Darth Vader. It's, it's really funny uh, to us at Binance that everyone here is talking about uh, blockchain attack. We know who all the validators are, we know where they live, and we're going to their house, we have a range, a big range, and we will attack them with the range, and then we will take their validator home physically and put it in a truck and drive it to China. Right, so this is an extension of the, the activities you performed on, on BTC, right? Uh, funding and creating these massive uh, Bitcoin mines, putting them in caves, putting them in, in uh, factories that were abandoned in the past, and also using electromagnetic pulse bombs to detonate uh, the USA and the other country mines, right? So you're now applying this strategy to, to Lunk uh, in order to take over the chain, is that correct? Uh, it's more simple. There's no uh, EMP bomb. It's just a van of men in uh, Balaclava, and they have wrench and they're taking the physical validators from people's houses. They are usually very fat and they're usually uh, in the shower with, you know, with trying to wash their mice uh, droppings off their uh, clothes. So it's very simple. We just walk in and we take it. But if there is someone who is sitting at the computer or sleeping at the computer, we, uh, we hit them with the wrench really, really hard. And then they say, stop. Don't do that again. And we say, that's okay. Just mm -hmm. give us your validator note. And then they give it to us and we drive it to China. Ten spaces. <laughs> 